We've been working on this technology for many years. It's called Google Duplex. It brings together all our investments over the years in natural language understanding, deep learning, text-to-speech. The headline from Wired.com on May 8th pretty much summed it up, how Google Duplex's demo stole the show. At its developer conference in early May, Google unveiled Duplex, a machine intelligence-powered virtual assistant that can essentially have basic human-level conversations and autonomously complete simple tasks such as scheduling a reservation for a human owner. Let's say you want to ask Google to make you a haircut appointment on Tuesday between 10 and noon. What happens is the Google Assistant makes the call seamlessly in the background for you. So what you're going to hear is the Google Assistant actually calling a real salon to schedule the appointment for you. Let's listen. How happening out here? Hi, I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. The market for virtual assistants is exploding. Hello. I am Siri, your voice assistant. Hi. I'm Cortana. I know about lots of topics. Try asking me about music, history, or geography. Google made me to help you. So too is the technology. A virtual dietitian can make dinner recommendations, a virtual lawyer can contest a parking ticket, and a virtual counselor can rid one's life of unwanted services and subscriptions. The Canceller by Haklami Aki. Brazil's biggest consumer protection company is giving consumers a powerful weapon, a relentless bot trained to cancel any service by interacting with call centers. The rise of intelligent digital assistance means this technology will conduct a greater amount and more complex tasks for humans. That obviously has huge implications for those in customer care. What happens when the customer you're trying to impress is not a human, but a robot? I'm Corey White, and in this podcast brought to you by SoCap, I want to help you reimagine customer care. Google announces the duplex in May, uh, certainly a groundbreaking technology. What did you think when you when you saw that announcement? Well, the video is fascinating, obviously, right? Because uh, it shows a pretty naturally sounding artificial intelligence, uh, or chatbot, whatever we want to call it, uh, interfacing with a vendor, you know, two vendors actually in the video, and setting an appointment or making a reservation and being able to very eloquently handle 
objections or uh, changes that the human puts up to getting that done. Scott Kozowski is a speaker and futurist. He's also a founding partner of the consulting firm Future Point of View. I think that's why it's so captivated everybody is we are getting closer and closer to, to people going, hey, you know what, a machine talking to a human and you're not really understanding that it is a machine is right around the corner. To me, uh, one of the most fascinating things was when, you know, the, 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 the bot kind of goes, mm -hmm. how human that thing sounds. Yeah, you know, but I thought about it. It's not that hard to do that kind of thing, right? I mean, humans have a few different ticks or whatever you want to call them. Like people go, um, right? They say, um, a lot, right? Or, or uh, they go, really, right? Or they, they say things like, right? They say like in front of everything. Like we have these ticks that we use when we talk. And it's not that hard to program that into a system uh, so that the system understands, well, when would I use that tick so that I sound more human? Are you impressed with how far that technology has come though? Uh, you know, how fast it's, it's evolved? Uh, yeah, well, certainly I'm partly reason I'm impressed is because I'm in my fifties, right? So, I mean, I, I grew up at a time when stuff like this was science fiction. So uh, I can't not be impressed, but it, certainly the pace right now of improvement is really speeding up. So what is the next stage past Google Duplex? Well, that one's easy. Uh, you know, clearly we've talked for years about having digital assistance. That's the next stage is to understand that what we saw was one activity, which was making an appointment. Uh, a digital assistant would be on any one of our systems and uh, it would have a host of things that it would be able to do on our behalf. And so it, it could uh, monitor our kids or our parents or our family and then tell us if there's an issue. Uh, the digital assistant could monitor our sprinkler, sy sprinkler system and you know, tell us what it's doing. Um, but it, it, it also could interface to uh, be able to cancel something, right, or you know, a list of other activities that uh, we would want it to do, but all from one interface. Like we're seeing Alexa and Siri, that's just uh, a digital assistant, maybe 1.0. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly the way we could think of that is right now they may play music, tell you what the weather is, turn the lights on and off. Right. But, but that's the front end of a digital assistant. But the difference is that's a black tube. Right. It's a physical device that sits right in your house where those will move is you'll be able to call your digital assistant on your computer by your voice command. So I'll, my digital assistant, let's just say, is called Corey. I'll be able to look at my computer and go, hey, Corey not Hey Siri. And when I say Hey Corey, that voice pattern will initiate Corey walking onto my screen. As opposed to I have to have an Echo, right? Or I have to have a Google Home, or I have to have a device. Because today, because it's 1.0, we're locked to a device. We won't in the future. We'll have a, a software-based digital assistant that we can call onto the screen just by our voice pattern. And it knows us intimately. And it has, it knows us better in, in many ways better than we know ourselves. It will have built years worth of what questions do we ask, what searches have we done, what things have we asked for. Yeah, so it, it will know us very well because it will have known everything we've talked to it about over the last years. No, no different than uh, I have a, a, a new Apple HomePod. Uh, and you know they focused the Apple version on music. First time I got it and I set it up with and tied it to my Apple account. I said, play music. And it basically played about 12 songs in a row that I really like, half of which were on my playlist, half of which were not on my playlist. And when you say it will know you really well, I was impressed 
by Apple's AI, you know, or algorithms that they run behind the scenes to identify what kind of music do I like? Because I like pretty eclectic amount of music. But again, six songs on my playlist, six songs not on my playlist, but that I really liked. You know, how did they know that? Well, it's because for the last, what, two years that I've had Apple Music, they've studied everything I've listened to. And the more they know about you, the better they're going to be. Exactly. And I'm good with that. And you think about our digital assistant, it won't be just about music. It'll be about what have we purchased? You know, where have we gone? Who have we had conversations with? Right? It will know all of this and, and be able to help us at a much higher level. Let's, let me pivot to the customer care space. What, what does that mean? Well, you know, in this case, that technology was showing it from a customer side, uh, but there's no reason that uh, when the technology is developed that far that it wouldn't be used on the customer care side. So in other words, uh, if uh, an auto uh, dealership needs to set up maintenance appointments with customers, no reason you couldn't have that all automated, where the system is calling all of the customers to set up appointments to get their cars fixed. You lose a little bit, obviously, because the machine doesn't have the discretion that a human has. And so, at least for a while, there's still going to be responses that a human says that the machine probably doesn't know how to handle eloquently. Uh, so we're still in those early days. But yes, to the extent that uh, setting up the appointment is a really simple two sentences, right, that you're going to ask, get an answer, put it into a calendar, it makes that a lot more efficient than a bunch of humans making those calls. But they're getting a lot, you know, an, an organization's going to get maybe a lot less calls. For instance, Google, this duplex is going to call and, and they're going to ask, you know, are you open on Memorial Day? And then, it, it, you know, somebody's going to say, yeah, we're, we're open. Google can automatically post, uh, you know, the, the hours. So it saves that organization from getting a handful of calls that day on Memorial Day. You know, there's, there's probably a logic that says anytime that you can have a machine do something for a human, uh, the, the efficiency increases. You know, for example, a robot. It's not just that a robot could put a nut on a bolt, right? Even if the robot puts the nut on the bolt, it, it twice as slow as any human being, which is possible, right? It takes a robot a little bit longer to put the nut on the bolt. The robot can run 24-7. Right? And the human can't. The human runs eight hours a day. So if you do the math, right, the human can only put the nut on the bolt for a third of the day. So if the robot only runs half as fast, it's still more efficient you know, than a human putting the nut on the bolt. Plus the robot's less expensive over time. So you know, when we talk about chatbots and AI, you know, the reason why I think a lot of people in customer care uh, are, are very interested in this is it's, customer care has been a very human intensive endeavor. And so anytime we can use an AI or a chatbot uh, to be able to communicate uh, with people, it's going to be more efficient. Do you see any ethical problems uh, with, with this technology? Well, interesting question, because uh, when Google Duplex came out, like the next day we started seeing articles saying or demanding that if you're going to use a system like this, that you have to announce that you're an AI. And I thought that was interesting, right? right? That, uh, we are so concerned uh, about a computer acting like a human that, that there are people who believe that the computer must identify itself as a computer, which I, I thought was ridiculous, by the way. If the computer is human enough to be able to get a task done, why ethically do we think that you have to announce that it is a computer? I mean, who really cares whether it's a computer or a human? So uh, yes, there's some ethics, there's some ethical questions, right? But I think we ask the wrong kinds of questions. Instead of asking, should we make the robot uh, identify itself as a robot, 
we should be asking ourselves, what are we doing to retrain the people that the robot is replacing? Because that's an ethical concern for me. You know, if we're gonna if we're gonna let go of 200 people at a call center because we're putting a, a chatbot in, uh, what are we doing with these 200 people to either retrain them or, uh, in a humane way, help them to move on in their career? That's more of an ethical issue, you know, for me. Extrapolate out your futures. Extrapolate out five years. What are we going to see from Google Duplex in five, ten years from this technology? I should say. Well, I, I think that we will see it be adopted more slowly than we think. Um, you know, I don't think that, it, that we're going to look at a five-year time horizon and 85% of all of our interactions with customer care are now automated. I mean, I, I don't think it'll go that fast. Uh, on the other hand, I think there will be very steady improvements where we will find more and more times where level one tech support, right, or the setting of appointments or the answering of simple questions uh, can be handled with a chatbot. And I think not only will we see that, I think we'll see more customer adoption where especially the younger generation coming up would prefer to deal with the chatbot versus a human. Do you see a moment where, or in the future, where uh, bots talking to bots? So, uh, you know, if we play out, what you saw with Google Duplex was actually the customer side uh, using an AI to do its bidding. Uh, I recently saw another one um, that is, it was not Google Duplex, but it was from a company called The Canceller. Canceling a service is one of the most frustrating tasks in life, which normally leads people to giving up. That's natural since big corporations toy with the fragile human patients. Well, not if we play the same game. For the very first time, AI is being used to the benefit of consumers, not passively, but actively. It's an AI that has one specific uh, purpose, and that is it verbally calls vendors or calls customer care centers and it cancels subscriptions. And it's, it's kind of a cool idea because uh, there are some subscriptions that you get that are hard to cancel and you have to try two or three times to get it to cancel. Well, this is literally an AI or a chatbot that ha you, you point it at what company you want to cancel your subscription with and it calls over and over and over again until the subscription is canceled. Now that's a customer side uh, AI or chatbot. So if we believe that chatbots and AIs are, are going to proliferate on the customer care side, and now we're starting to see more and more on the customer side, then we absolutely have to know that someday that canceller program is going to be calling an AI on the customer care side, and you're going to have two AIs arguing about closing an account. And so I absolutely see it happening, and probably sooner than we think. And the amazing thing is, you know, this is going to happen without really any human inter interaction, inter intervention, where it, all you're going to know is that the decision was made. Yeah, I, I think as, as, as human beings, what will happen is we will probably have digital assistants, uh, and those digital assistants will go do our bidding, and they'll do our bidding in a lot of different ways. One way will be to set up appointments. One way will be to uh, uh, get in touch with somebody and um, pass information and verify that the information was passed to them to cancel things, right? There will be a list of things that our digital assistant can do for us. On the other side of the digital assistant will be the automated systems at customer care centers. What security concerns do you see from, from this uh, from, a, uh, from a customer care perspective? Well, and the, thing, the things that concern me are uh, that the digital criminals in the world today, uh, they're very sharp. And so when you think about a product like the canceller, 
you know, what happens if digital criminals point the canceller, you know, at some legitimate accounts and just start turning off people's accounts? And, and then once they've turned the accounts off, they try to spoof the accounts in some way. So that somebody uh, thinks that they're using an account um, that they believe is open, but it actually was closed. And so the bad guys have now created a false account. I mean, there, there's a lot of interesting things that we can see where criminals could jump into this system and could take over the identity of either the system on the customer care side or the customer side and, you know, what we call spoof that identity. And by spoofing that identity, there's all kinds of chaos they could create. You know, one thing that is interesting that we have to understand is how, how common the digital assistant is probably going to become. Uh, I think in customer care, we think a lot about how we can automate our systems to help customers. We probably don't think as much about, you know, in the future when all of us have an ability to have a digital assistant that does more than just what we saw with Google Duplex, which was really just setting up appointments. You know, what, what, what happens when that digital assistant has a hundred different activities that it can do on our behalf? Get, get reservations, you know, for, for a train or a plane. I mean, it, you just think, it, it, you go find information on our behalf. Go verify information on our behalf. Uh, watch over one of our kids on our behalf. I mean, you start to get this picture of the digital assistants on the customer side having quite a bit of power. And it will be interesting on the customer care side to know that, let's say, in 50% of the cases that we're interfacing with a customer, we're actually interfacing with their digital assistant. What does that do to the customer journey when, you, you know, first couple stages, maybe you're not, even, you're not even dealing with a human? Yeah, it creates a really interesting situation where someday the conversation we'll have on the customer care side is, how do we best interface with somebody's digital assistant, not with the actual human? And we'll have to, in the journey, we'll have to talk about things like, okay, well, how often are we interacting with their digital assistant versus the real human? And how do we improve things? Like when you saw a Google Duplex and you saw the system making a reservation at a restaurant, you had to ask yourself, if I'm on the restaurant side, how could I make that easier? I mean, how could I make it simpler for the digital assistant to make the reservation? Because I don't want to cause the digital assistant a problem. Do you think that would you get to a point where the digital assistant gets... Angry says, no, I don't, I don't want to work with this company anymore. I do think you could get to a point where the digital assistant says, I tried three times to do this activity and it didn't work. And then the user, right, who has the digital assistant just says, well, then we just don't bother, go to a different place. In other words, if my digital assistant can't make a haircut appointment, I'm just going to point it at a different place to get my haircut. Right? I, I'm not going to take over myself and get on the phone and try to do that. I mean, I'm too used to having my digital assistant do work for me. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. Companies are going to have to start thinking about when customers' digital assistants are making appointments or trying to get a repair done or trying to schedule a, a service person to come do something. Uh, if, if you cannot dialogue with that digital assistant, the customer's going to look at that as a complete fail. That was Scott Klazowski. You can see Scott by attending a webinar he's hosting in partnership with SOCAP. It's free to all SOCAP members. He'll be discussing how personalization will impact customer care. That'll take place on July 12th, and you can register at SOCAP.org. Reporting for SOCAP, I'm Corey White, and thanks for listening.